You are listening to the Wi-Fi Work Ethic Podcast by the Millennial Marketplace, your destination for all things online business and entrepreneurship. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and at themillennialmarketplace.com. All right, let's get started. Welcome to episode three of the Wi-Fi Work Ethic podcast. In today's episode, we are going to dive into what I like to call the influencer economy. Basically, we're going to be talking about the financial impact social media influencers have. But first, we have a listener shout out. We received our very first review this weekend, and I have to be honest, it seriously made me jump for joy. Okay, more like an awkward dance alone on my couch, but you get the point. I was pretty dang excited to see it. Getting feedback from the listeners is so amazing. We are working really hard on getting content out, and hearing feedback makes it all that more rewarding. Listener Janoe Kai, and I'm so sorry if I'm completely butchering your name, by the way, said this about the podcast. I really like your Instagram account. It's what brought me to your podcast. Like my title says, I'm interested in seeing how this podcast goes, and I like your general idea about Wi-Fi and work ethic. I'm always looking for more information to grow my own knowledge. I'm hoping that this will turn out to be one of those that will help. We sincerely hope that it does help you, and thank you so much for your feedback. If you want to see our awesome Instagram account this listener is referring to, follow us at Wi-Fi Work Ethic. Okay, let's talk about influencers. In my opinion, influencers are anyone who has a following that listens to their opinions and recommendations that ultimately leads to buying decisions. Online influencers can take many forms across many platforms, but I want to start this conversation talking about fashion bloggers in particular and their use of like to know it to generate significant sales for companies and an income for themselves all by sharing the things they love on social media. Freaking Wi-Fi work ethic, am I right? I found an article on Women's Wear Daily that does a really good job at explaining this that I'm going to read to you right now. The title of this article is Influence Peddler. Like to know it sees 1 billion in influencer-driven sales. Retail sales driven by like to know it's influencers grew over 100% this year. And this article was written by Rachel Sturgatz on December 20th, 2017. $1 billion. This is how much the influencers of reward-style-owned like-to-know-its network drove in retail sales in less than one year, or between January 1st and December 7th, to be precise. But what exactly were followers rushing to buy? A lot of motorcycle jackets, according to the first like-to-know awards, which will today reveal 21 winners from 17 categories, as well as four consumer choice awards, the four most liked images from each of the like-to-know-it handles, the company analyzed data from about 20,000 influencers and 4,000 retailers to determine the best-selling item in each of the categories, which span clothing, shoes, jewelry, beauty, and tech accessories. We have decided to open it up and share data with the public because like to know it's a consumer-facing property and so much retail is running through it, said Amber Vensbox, co-founder of RewardStyle, a predominantly B2B company that helps content creators monetize their content through affiliates and partners retailers with content creators. In 2014, the Dallas-based firm rolled out Like to Know It, a product for consumers that allows bloggers and brands to monetize social media posts. 
For Venn's Box, Like to Know It has become a key piece in cementing a mutually beneficial retailer and influencer relationship that saw consumer retail sales grow 103% year over year. For the second consecutive year, influencers sold more blank NYC moto jackets than any other product, specifically the $198 morning suede moto jacket crowned most loved layer in tan suede. Last year, black was the go-to color, said Venn's Box. Other bestsellers in the inaugural honors include Vince Camuto's Filiana Split Shaft Booty, ASTR's Lace Midi Dress, Free People's Ottoman Slouchy Tunic, Levi's 721 High Rise Distressed Skinny Jeans, Rebecca Minkoff's Small Love Nubuck Crossbody Bag, Bobble Bar's Amber Layered Y Chain Necklace, and Charlotte Tilbury's Hot Lips Lipstick. Based on consumer likes, Kelly Eastwood of at the London Chatter was named Street Style Sensation, and Becky Hilliard of at Sella Jane Blog received the Mama's Choice Award. Kendall Crummer of at Styled at Styled Snapshots had the most loved look, and the most enviable room belonged to Courtney Shields Albright of at Courtney underscore Shields. The tan suede moto jacket and the tan suede booty are two classic wardrobe builders that are still seeing high volume demand. At this point, I'm not sure that there's anyone left that doesn't have these two pieces, Vensbach said, listing whitewashed homes and uber chic strollers such as the more than $1,400 Mima with a reversible reclining seat as trending on social media this year. Influencers and consumers both shied away from designer labels on garments and accessories with one glaring exception. The Gucci logo belt. Basically, everyone wore it and everyone bought it, she added. These findings, which shed light on what influencers were the most adept at selling, will likely be helpful to retailers in the midst of mapping out the next year. Whether this is a contemporary buyer deciding to order more motorcycle jackets or a marketing team that's now more informed about which products to peg specific influencer activations to, one thing is clear. The volume of sales content creators' fuel is only getting larger. So are their incomes. This was a breakout year in terms of influencers who entered a new income bracket, meaning those responsible for driving at least $1 million in sales. Ben's Box pointed out that 83% more influencers year over year will earn $100,000 through Like to Know It, inclusive of percentages of affiliate sales and flat rate projects. To be clear, this amount is how much these content creators will earn. Ben's box declined to reveal what percentage of a sale an influencer gets as the cut varies per retailer, but said it would be safe to assume that this group drives over $1 million in retail sales per year. And while driving $1 million in sales through affiliates might have become a table stakes for top influencers since 2014, what's changed is that it's no longer just a handful of content creators who have the ability to do this. According to Ben's Box, hundreds of influencers in Like to Know It's network will meet, and in many cases, surpass this threshold. We harness these influencers in social media with one access point and attract a group of consumers who are there specifically to buy. There's no tricks to this. They literally give us access to so much personal information because they just want to buy what they saw on someone they admire, she said, noting that the nine-month-old Like to Know It app hit one million registered users on Tuesday. She maintained that the Like to Know It brand is not an editor, nor it is a magazine. 
She called the app a single destination where users can find the influencers they wish to follow and search and sort them however you like to get the content you like. On the app specifically, two-thirds of sales now come from suggested or discovery content that was introduced in July. The latter is comprised of vertical feeds within the app dedicated to categories that include home, fitness, family, and men's. The app was launched as a tool for shoppers to get more information about what they found elsewhere on the web, but the sales data shows the consumers are now buying based on the relevant content we service to them. They're actually buying two times as much from our discovery content than from the content they screenshot or liked elsewhere, Ben's box said. On Thursday, a new recently viewed feature will roll out so users can access a feed of products they recently clicked out of from the app. With consumers spending 5 hours a day on their phones and 90 plus percent in social platforms, it's become so important to brands to be able to drive sales through social, she said. Okay, that's the end of that article, and if you want to read it yourself, you can find a link to it um, on our show notes or at our website, themillennialmarketplace.com. So all that sounds amazing for businesses, right? Well, with the benefits of using influencers, there comes a cost. I want to share a second article with you from Retail Dive that highlights this. The title of this article is The Costs and Benefits of the Influencer Economy. Influencers on social media have the power to control retail brand conversations and impact consumers' purchasing decisions. But what price are retailers paying to make these connections? This article was written by Laura Uwin on December 6, 2017. And I'm actually going to skip around a little bit in this article. It's pretty long, and I think some of the information would kind of just be repeating what I just talked about. So if you want to see the full article again, you can see it in our show notes or on our website. Defining the retailer-slash-influencer relationship. A retailer's relationship with the influencers they hire isn't as simple as setting up a partnership and letting it fly. In fact, Jeremy Shi, head of marketing at MediaKicks, said that a retailer's relationship with influencers is often part of a complex, multi-level strategy. Retailers are working with bloggers and influencers on a branding level and also for direct response-based campaigns showcasing individual products and sales, he said. For branding, influencers create content promoting the brand to drive brand awareness, whereas direct response content could feature a haul-style video where all items showcased are part of a retailer's seasonal sale. For branding to be effective, retailers are working with large-scale and reach influencers who have millions of followers across their social media channels. For each type of campaign, Shai said, Retailers partner with or sponsor influencers to create and tailor content to that influencer's followers. While some retailers reach out directly to influencers they want to work with, others hire an influencer marketing agency to vet influencer prospects and create viable strategies. Some branding strategies even reach into product development categories. We see retailers using influencers across the spectrum for product ideas, harnessing their followers to create loyalty, and even collaborating on collections, said Jessica Wolf, a principal in the consumer and retail practice of global strategy and management consulting firm A.T. Kearney. We even see retailers using influencers to build new brands for them. The way LVMH's Kendo has built a brand using Kat Von D's stardom and following. 
the cost-slash-benefit analysis. The goal with influencers, as with traditional marketing techniques, is about more than just raising a retailer's profile, although that's a large part of the process. Amazingly, leveraging social media influencers for marketing purposes also seems to have tangible bottom-line benefits, Deborah Weinsberg, Managing Director at Retail Think Tank, Fung Global Retail Technology, told Retail Dive. ShopStyle reported seeing a 65% increase in traffic, and multi-brand retailers selling through the site saw a 250% increase in sales due to sponsored content featuring various influencers. It can be hard to translate influence into a direct ROI through potential reach doesn't necessarily translate into sales, said Wolf. It still takes a compelling offer, an authentic message, and a trusted voice to have positive impact. The impact of influencers on a retailer's bottom line can perhaps be illustrated best in the negative, where you've seen issues ranging from child labor to out-of-sync marketing campaigns amplified by influencers on social media and then have a real bearing on sales. Ray Hartschgen, director of marketing at Retail Next, said, Engaging an influencer can be an awful lot like painting a logo on a race car. It feels good when you first do it, and it makes for a great photo opportunity. But if it's not woven into the fabric of a bigger activation, it usually doesn't provide the return the C-suite is looking for. For retailers, the benefit of working with one influencer over another may be less about numbers and more about depth. Influencers and their value are measured not by their number of followers, but by the engagement they generate among followers, said Weinsberg. Consumers follow influencers because they feel they are an authentic source of deep product knowledge and that their opinion is of value. Influencers are seen as contrasting voices to brands' official social media efforts, which many consumers view merely as brands' sales pitches. Micro-influencers on the rise. When a brand begins its search for the right influencer to partner with, the size of a potential following is usually the first rubric by which value is measured, but experts say that this formula doesn't necessarily deliver results. The two main questions to ask for forming a successful relationship would be, does this influencer share my values? And are this influencer's readers my target market? Said Sam Kin Quingrani, founder and CEO of Object Wave, a digital marketing and services provider. It's not just about the size of the influencers following. A subset of influencers called micro-influencers may prove more beneficial to retail brands looking to connect more deeply to their target clientele. Later in the article, it says, A celebrity with millions of followers might get only a 1% to 2% engagement on even their best posts. By contrast, micro-influencers might get close to 10%. Because of scale, the big celebrity will bring in big numbers, even at a low conversion rate. But they're expensive. It comes down to numbers and analytics game. Many of the most valuable influencers aren't even known outside of their limited circles. We've looked at a number of different types and levels of influencers emerging on the scene, said Weinsberg. One type, Sue-webrities, or web-celebrities, are individuals who are not famous by traditional standards but who have gained significant clout on social media within a particular market. Weisberg said that celebrities can sometimes have millions of loyal followers even if they're relatively unknown to the public at large. But he also emphasized that in this case, bigger does not necessarily mean better. Weinswig said that micro-influencers who typically have fewer than 100,000 followers tend to keep in close touch with them on a more personal level than some of the bigger celebrities. Brands and retailers that partner with micro-influencers tend to have more successful marketing campaigns, she said.
Expertify, a firm that connects category influencers with brands, released a study showing that micro-influencers carry on 22.2 times more conversations about what to buy than do typical consumers. And according to a study by the Pew Research Center, 82% of consumers are likely to follow a recommendation made by a micro-influencer, she said. This is particularly the case among Gen Z, 60% of whom are more likely to believe what a YouTube star says over what a movie star says. The article goes on to talk about major hashtag fails. But as any savvy marketer knows, working with brand ambassadors on any level comes with challenges and potential pitfalls. For one, even the most lucrative partnership needs to be authentic or followers, meaning potential customers, will sniff out the fakery and there's a lot of fraud out there. From fake accounts and purchase likes to entire fraudulent followings. The relationship needs to be believable and to be successful, said Woof. A.T. Kearney recently published a study on consumer behavior called America's Next Commercial Revolution, Influence versus Affluence. It found the top three principles that will drive the market of the future are trust, influence, and personalization. Trust, specifically, is critical in establishing successful relationship with influencers. According to this study, there is a growing distrust between consumers and brands. This means that disclosure is an essential essential aspect of the relationship from both a brand and an influencer stance. Influencer fails most often center around the lack of acknowledgement of a paid ad. Consumers don't like it when they discover a seemingly natural, spontaneous post was in fact a paid post and it damages the brand and the influencer. Non-disclosure can be a problem not just for the influencer's followers, but for competing retailers. Such was the case when mattress company Casper sued mattress blogger Derek Hales for essentially not being forthcoming enough about his affiliate marketing partnerships. The lawsuit cost Hales his blog and highlighted one of the biggest problems with this type of relationship, authenticity. It goes on to say, in addition to superficial endorsements and inauthentic tones, there is also the real danger that the entire relationship could sour due to an influencer's behavior. Partnering with the wrong influencers can result in not reaching the right audience, loss of control of brand messaging, and poor campaign performance and sales, said she. In addition, the wrong influencers can risk a brand's reputation in the instances where an influencer does something to damage their own reputation. Some influencers may be perceived to take brand sponsorships simply to get paid without the consideration as to whether their audience would appreciate the brand. This can result in audience backlash. The article ends with what's next. Despite the potential pitfalls, the current fascination with the online influencers narrative continues to be compelling. While there are some indications that the impact of influencers may be waning, there are yet other factors that suggest the trend is simply morphing rather than dying. For example, Shiz said the next wave in this trend will be the continued rise of influencer video, live streaming, and Instagram stories. Both YouTube and Facebook continue to increase engagement and user stats on their video platforms and offerings with Instagram stories surpass Snapchat in user trends and daily active users within a year of its launch. More influencers will move from working with brands to becoming brands themselves, said Wolf. Top influencers will seek to turn their YouTube and Instagram following into consumers, she said. Popular influencers like Jeffree Star and Huda Katan have launched beauty brands in the past year. As some influencers move on to become corporate-branded entities, targeted niche voices may become the ultimate way for retailers to connect. 
we think that as regulation on paid advertising starts to ramp up, we will see celebrities and influencers begin to lose some of their credibility, while micro-influencers will gain an even stronger voice, said Weinsvig, who expects to see more micro-influencers serve as a fulcrum between brands and their audience. This shift in advertising comes at a time when consumers are demanding that brands connect with them on a personal level. Young consumers in particular want a brand connection and to feel like part of a community that surrounds the brand. Okay, and that finishes that article. The key takeaways I have from those two articles are, one, influencers make a lot of money for companies, which I think is so cool. Something else I learned from these articles is that it's not necessarily about how many followers you have, which I think will be surprising to a lot of people. I think the idea of micro-influencers is really interesting, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. I also think disclosure is super important to people that they know if an influencer is being sponsored or paid to talk about something. I think that's really important to people because if they're being persuaded to buy something, they're thinking it's just because that person likes it. And if they are being paid for it, I agree. I think a consumer should know that before making the decision to buy it for themselves and take that into consideration. Social media influencers are some of the best examples of Wi-Fi work ethic. For most of them, the successful following came from organic growth for simply sharing their lives in products they love. However, translating these followers into personal income and revenue for businesses takes a lot of work. Who are some of your favorite influencers? Let us know and we will definitely look into having them on the show. Alright guys, that's all I have for today. Thank you so much for sticking to the end. The best way to never miss an episode is to hit subscribe wherever you are listening. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wi-Fi Work Ethic and turn on your post notifications to never miss when we announce a new episode. We also have some pretty motivating stuff on there. You can also find an archive of episodes at themillennialmarketplace.com. We would be eternally grateful if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher as this helps put us in more amazing people's ears. If you leave a review, you may just get a shout out on a future episode. Thank you so much for sticking to the end of the episode. Stay humble and hustle hard, my friends. Bye.